0: Hey, I'm Matt.
1: What's up? I'm Aiden. Welcome to Hung Up. This episode is about privilege and Sydney.
0: Okay, so uh, some of you guys are cancelled for having rich parents and you're about to find out why.
1: Basically, we're saying if you have more than a certain amount of parental income, you're banned from making art. That's the rule.
0: It's just it's the only way to keep it fair.
1: We're introducing means testing, right? This is what we were saying before the episode. You need to declare your income and your state of affairs before you're even allowed to touch a paintbrush.
0: Yeah, there will actually be a um, a form that you can fill out um, and it's actually, it's a very easy form. You can do it online now. So yes. we're actually going to make it very easy for you. But unfortunately what it does mean is that if your parents earn a combined income of over 150 grand a year, mm-hmm. you're disqualified. I'm sorry. You're going to have to start a blog or something you instead. Can't like even get listen into to this knitting. podcast, dude. Yeah, true. We
1: only one. Fuck, is tough, that right? Tough, gritty, hard yakka, <laughs> like fucking true blue working class kids listening to this podcast.
0: It's true. We need people who have to steal in order to eat. You have to um, have felt the grind, to be making, uh,
1: Like <laughs> you. Like, what did you do today, right? You fucking drove a truck today.
0: I fucking drove a fucking van, dude. You're on the trucks. I'm on the fucking tools all day. <laughs> no, I'm not on the tools. I'm in the van all day, you're dude.
1: You're in the van, sweating. Your ass is sweaty. And you're fucking delivering packages to rich people who don't even look you in the eyes.
0: <laughs> they can't right? bear to look me <laughs> right? dude You're I'm scary. too real I'm too fucking real dude <laughs> They
1: see you and it's just it's too much to handle and I get that like I'm yep. on the other side I had this like proper west western Sydney plumber come today to like fix my uh, shower because it broke and he's really funny just called me like super late last night, like like breathlessly at 9 o'clock like fucking I'm coming to fix your shower like 8 o'clock I'm like yeah dude come whenever he's like alright I'll see ya and then I guess I felt that thing because I was like working my big fancy pants job and he was there doing his, sh- doing his thing, doing his authentic tradey thing. <laughs> and then I got to have a lovely warm shower just before this. So thanks, dude.
0: <laughs> Great. <laughs> thanks, Danny. Yeah, dude, you're fucking, the plumbing at your house has, has been adding a couple of points in your favor to the troubled artist column. So true, true, true. Maybe you shouldn't have let him in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It feels good though, huh? Like, it feels good to fucking fix your own plumbing. Like, there is something to it, aside from if it's your job and you have to do it every day. Like, there is definitely something to, like, if you become too disconnected from the everyday shit, like picking up your groceries or fixing your tap, it does Mm. do something weird to you, right? And I think that is one of the things that makes us sceptical about rich people is that they have the ability to alienate themselves from, you know... A, 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 mm. Like many worldly processes.
0: Yeah, yeah. The kind of like domestic reality that 90% of people sort of have to face yes every day. Yes. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I've been thinking a lot about food delivery stuff. Mm. Like I, I did a story the other day on um the Instagram and it was just like um Uber culture. Mm. <laughs> and there was like an ad on the Google homepage for a new type of doorbell, which is such a funny like like just perfect invention. You know, it's like a Google supported doorbell. I think it's called Nest. And it's just like, you you know, you, you're, I don't know how much it costs. Let's check. I think it's like Um,
1: 300, 400 bucks.
0: Yeah, so you buy this like four hundred dollar thing, and it's not really like for you to use. It's it's to like smoothen, like it's to smooth mm. out the interaction with you mm. and your like service worker assigned to you for that yes. moment. Like, yes. yeah, yeah, so funny. Like, um, it's sort of it just it just matches the um the kind of like the pantomime we've been doing mm. up till now. And yeah. like, also it just sort of matches the state of like, you know, the world we live in. And yeah, I sort of, I think about food deliveries while I'm driving food around to people. I don't drive like meals around. I drive like meat around to people. Um, and yeah, it is like, like fancy pants, like nice butchery meat. Um, but still it sort of, it, it, I feel like weird about, you know, like seeing Uber drivers now, like I'm not, I'm, I'm again, I'm not like, you know, I've got a good job and like, you know, it's it feels very fair, but I think I have like a little bit of an insight into like how those guys feel, you know, like you you rock up to like dozens and dozens of houses mm. and people just like fucking treat you like a dog like yeah, yeah put no, it brutal, there dude put sure. it down it's like brutal, yeah. don't look me in the eye and like it just it just that that like disconnect that alienation that yes. you were just saying like mm. yeah it feels wrong man i don't know like you know i think like there's just something so simple and pure and beautiful and like yeah i'll use it i'll say the word it's something also so authentic about like you know making your own shit
1: For sure, for sure. Agreed.
0: Yeah, not to mention all the, like, whatever, like, the wage, you know, stuff and, like, working conditions stuff. Like, even outside of that stuff.
1: I guess, yeah, I I think this conversation can go in a lot of different ways. And I think the reason it's such a, like, juicy and scary and, like, emotionally loaded topic is, like, this. it's so complicated. Like, when you start to, Mm. like, talk in the abstract or individuals Mm. or systemic problems or you think about, you know you know, cooking for yourself as one example versus getting delivery food. And like any one instance, you know, can be beautiful or, you know, it can be, feel very amazing to get food delivered to you. And it can feel very, yeah, for sure. you know, you won't feel any guilt and it can be like a beautiful moment with your roommate or your partner or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I guess just like all of life, like under this kind of, you know, contemporary brutal capitalism, um, kind of where all a bit fucked by, Mm. by the same thing. Like I was just thinking Mm. about like, you know, this idea that it's, it's very, very nice to make your own food. And, you know, you think about like many traditional cultures or more like remote cultures where like, you know, you've got all this time to be like making bread and, or you Mm. make all this time, but like kind of ironically, like in our culture, like in Australia at this time, like a lot of that stuff, uh, like cooking nice things for yourself is the domain of like, um, the the uber wealthy, or like, or at least like you know, a certain type of professional or a certain type of class.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, like that. That that's kind of um not to mention like a whole bunch of cool like ethnicity based cooking or whatever you want to call it, like interesting cultural cooking going on. Like hundred Anytime you leave the inner west or whatever, <laughs> dude.
1: When I walk, like uh, my roommate and I go walk around Ashfield, and it's fucking amazing like it's the best yep. food you can like it just yep. smells crazy i don't even know what's going on but it just like beautiful indian food and asian food and it's just like i just want to be in those houses so so much like ah, I, I so want to good yeah it's and it's like this whole fucking thing at like five o'clock in the afternoon here you so just cool. get off yep. like liverpool road and down some of the back streets and it's just it's crazy like it feels yeah i can't even describe it like it feels very like personal and special to be there but like at the same time like you only ever get to experience it like as a white middle class <laughs> guy with an art podcast like i'm always experiencing it <laughs> through like the curtain through the, the nose the, 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 <laughs> yeah through the nose and through like the break in the curtain and i get like a peek in as i'm walking you by. don't even get
0: to look at it dude yeah you, know, you get
1: to look <laughs> so at true. it although you might be able to taste it if you go through these fucking gray market marketplace pickles that we've been talking
0: about (laughs) yeah this is a cool actually we didn't even talk about this before but like (laughs) this is like a really cool i don't know if you um listener have been like um on marketplace uh Mm -hmm. facebook marketplace much recently and in fact this isn't a recent thing this has been going on for a while but um aiden pointed it out to me again recently it's like people um in like sydney People out in the suburbs of Sydney, like, making meals to Mm. sell on Mm. Facebook Marketplace. And they look delicious. Yeah, so cool. Can you give, can you, like, do you have any remembered that you can just tell us now? Yeah, there's,
1: like, some, some beautiful pickles, like, lots of, like, cool, like, specific types of, like, Indian pickles. And I saw one, which was pretty wild, which was, like, a pickled meat which is pretty hectic. And then, like, yeah, biryanis. One came to mind, which was just this all these beautiful, like, uh, Thai dishes. And, like, the whole post was just in Thai. And there was some link to, like, I I don't think it was, like, a WeChat, but, like, one of those things. Like, some kind of, like, specific cultural, like, uh, social network thing. Yeah, that, like, you got to be in the know to to know about. But, yeah, there was a bunch of it. And I was just, like, I think just like kind of zoning out to marketplace. just It's kind of like I do like a little bit of like, I don't know, what you would call it, like traveling in my neighborhood because you set the location to like 2Ks or 5Ks and you just like see what people are giving away or selling. And it's like it's a little bit like the street library or like looking at someone's bookshelf is just like, cool. I just get like, I guess get to see what's going on and there's not really any Mm. other way for me to have access to like the private lives of my neighbors.
0: Sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 that's cool. Yeah. 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 Interesting how, um, these like platforms like sort of unfold the Mm. home.
1: Mm. It's
0: really nice. Um, cool. Yeah. So just to summarize, we're all fucked by the same dick of (laughs) late capitalism. Yeah to some extent like yeah either you know either you're like to if, if we're gonna like be reductive about it either you're like soulless and you have too much money and like mm. you fucking treat uber drivers like shit mm. or like you know you can't get a house and your kids are hungry and like you, yeah. you don't have time to make art or even think about it yes um yeah or just you're the uh, uber
1: driver who like yeah just real, it yeah. just kinda cannot even climb out of this fucking yeah. Like I, I told you about this time the super driver like messed up my pizza and then came to my door and was like freaking out. Like mm. he was yeah. super stressed and he was like, Bro, you've gotta order another pizza, like please. Yeah. Like yeah, otherwise about whatever yeah. like, you know, I guess he'll get fired. Like, and that's yeah, not the type of precarity that you or I feel at all. Like even when I feel like I'm getting fucked by my boss or you're getting looked at like a piece of shit. Like we know like in like very strongly that like we're comfortable and like even if the worst thing was to happen and we lose our job, like we have some savings and we have a parental safety net. And I just think there's like there really is like when we talk about precarity, there is a baseline level that Mm. you need. And then like the the conversation changes once you get past that baseline.
0: Mm, right totally totally yeah like when you're when you're not
1: actually worried about like you know making rent you're in a different category you might may very much still be working class but it's a different type of thing like
0: there's that famous threshold of like i think it was sixty thousand. i don't know if it was u.s dollars a year but above a certain you know pay rate you just you just you, you feel you know the uh the more like um, the smaller things like start to bother you, you know, like yes. rather than like, where am I going to get my yes. fucking paycheck? Like, yeah. where am I going to feed my kids? like And that's
1: significant, yeah. right? Because yeah, we wanted to kind of go into like, when we talked about privilege, like, I guess something I was interested in is like the preconditions for even beginning to pursue an artistic career. Mm. And if you come from a background, like a really precarious background, where you've seen your parents, you know, stress about, you know, getting you clothed or stuff like that, I imagine it would be quite difficult to take on an arts degree. Like there's a certain amount of psych- psychological comfort that you need to be able to project for yourself to take on mm-hmm. a three-year degree and 30K of debt and not really care. Like that opportunity cost isn't unimaginable for you.
0: Sure, yeah. And that's not to say it hasn't been done, but it's it's like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure we could find a, a pretty clear pattern that like, mm-hmm. you know, the kind of people that, like, get into arts degrees, like, you know, n- maybe need to worry less about that stuff. Yes. And and maybe maybe that's why, um, th- that's one reason we kind of uh, tend to think it's cool when, um, you know, we hear, yeah, like, this artist was just, like, he was just painting houses, like, you know, he was a tradie, and then, like, you know, now, like, he's fucking exhibiting at the Art Gallery of New South Wales or whatever. Yes. Like, you know, yes. we, we like that story because it's, yes. like, yeah maybe we didn't really talk about this before, but like yeah, maybe it's like there's some kind of um element of like yeah, that's brave, you know it's risky, for sure, like for sure um definitely if you yeah. failed, it's like you know what like what 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 could happen if you failed or like what is yes. that what does failure look like for someone yes. like that? Yes, it's interesting um but yeah. I think I think we can move on a little bit. Like um, you shared this, uh, you, you ordered a zine from The White Pube recently. Do you want to just like um, give everyone a, an introduction to The White Pube if they don't know about them already? And then maybe tell us about um, the article that you picked out from this zine.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I'll give a quick rundown. I feel like I've mentioned them before, but everyone should go yeah. follow them. It's just like The White Pube. And it's uh, Zarina Muhammad and Gabriela Della Puente, two young women in the UK, um, basically shook up the world of criticism, um, super like systemic critiques. So this zine that I got is called Ideas for a New Art World. And I think its original like uh, life was just as these like unexplained billboards it was just like an idea so the title of the the little expanded billboard that I'll read today is called idea Four. people across the creative industries need to declare if they have rich parents who help them get where they are today so that was the original version of the scene it was just like you know a sentence on a billboard with like their Mm -hmm. logo and like a puppy color
0: They were like uh, like sort of paced up ads all over London, I think, and the UK. And and this was kind of the culmination of what, like four years or something of like really amazing Instagram game and like really cool critique, you know, criticism.
1: exactly. And it grew and stuff. And I guess one interesting thing that whenever I tell people about them, like one thing that like always gets a kind of like an interested reaction is that they have their books completely open. So you can like go to their website and you can see a spreadsheet and see exactly what they got from Patreon, exactly what they get for a speaking engagement, you know, exactly what they get for a residency and, you know, what, how, what they turned over in the last month. Yeah. That kind of, that kind of stuff really is like, yeah. Like, what do you call that? Like, uh, putting your money where your mouth is, you know? Yeah.
0: It's righteous. It's fucking yeah. Cool. yeah. yeah.
1: And, it, and it's doing, yeah. Yeah. It's doing a really a, a cool thing
0: yeah it's kind of anti the sort of like whisper like sort of capitalism like don't share your paycheck you know as in like don't don't tell people how much you get paid kind 100%. of thing like and that is like yeah, one of the cool.
1: brutal truths of privilege is you know it's it's so it doesn't it's too like naive to say that like yeah rich people make better art or only rich people have the capacity to make art it's just obviously not true um when so many of like the artists that everyone loves like famously come from tough backgrounds. Mm. Um but definitely when we start talking about like you know, things like understanding how a system works, um, that stuff feels like, you know, that's intentionally hidden behind um, you know, these these mazes and like mm. a gate kept. And sometimes it's that access more than anything that is the hardest thing to overcome. Like, how the fuck do I make a career in the arts? And, like, that information is not available to you like it is for more traditional careers. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, the more that that is kind of, yeah, kept behind walls and basically hoarded by certain individuals, like, the more fucked things are. So, yeah, (laughs) I think that's one of, like, the things that I really do agree, like, I do really love about the white pew at this point is that kind of, you know blowing
0: that stuff up so cool yeah um yeah so this this um essay is titled um people across the creative industries need to declare if they have rich parents who help them get where they are today <laughs> and this was kind of the um i think this was the catalyst for us for this episode mm. talking about privilege in sydney specifically um do you yeah do you want to just like uh maybe give an overview of this um Essay and, yeah, or like, or even quote it directly. Yeah, if you want. I'll just
1: give it a quick summary and then I'll, um, maybe just drop one of the quotes. So basically, it's, um, I don't know who wrote it, uh, but basically, yeah, it's they're at the Barbican and they're seeing this artwork and it's a really fun artwork and by this artist Eddie Peak and what's the work? It's like there were performers in roller skates moving through the Crescent space, huge words masked out on the wall, which had then been painted over in neon pink. And she says, yeah, I saw the work at a good time. I was deeply bored of sidestepping an invisible route around the edges of painting and photography exhibitions. I was so over being silent in galleries, trying to look politely at the art, whilst hyper-aware there was some gallery woman sat at the desk staring at me as I went about my day. I thought, it's good to know artists can have fun that that's something we're allowed to do as well. And I think that's beautiful (laughs) and that's fantastic. And then she goes on to say, like, a few months later, I learned that Eddie Peake's mum was Phyllida Barlow, a big famous British artist with a Wikipedia page of her own. They lived in a nice big house. And all the edge and coolness I'd enjoyed in her son's show evaporated. I don't know if that's fair, but that's what I felt in my gut. Something felt off and I've been struggling with it ever since.
0: Hmm.
1: I really think that's, like, the heart of of the piece... Yeah, And totally. um, I guess, you know, that the, she kind of goes off on the thing I was talking about earlier, which is like, you know, who has access to the pathways and the kind of secret codes for success. Yeah. I just read from the last two paragraphs. She says uh, the chasm gets deeper and more deplorable when rich kid artists make and present art that is shrouded in our aesthetics. I guess she's referring to like working class aesthetics they camouflage themselves to look like us, speak like us, and feel like us, so that we cannot see their class and privilege anymore. So we do not think to threaten them. If you're reading this and your career resembles something like back-to-back residencies or just free endless studio time because you have the money and network to live like that, you should say so. Everybody else is hurting.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Cool. It's it's such a it's such a like um, you know challenging opinion Mm. and that's kind of why we sort of started out the episode like that i think um is is because like yeah we want to sort of challenge ourselves and you like to think about this stuff so let's talk let's talk about um the inner west now let's uh let's let's put a pin in that and and we'll circle back around to privilege but do you remember like what brought you to live in the inner west when i met you uh you were living in uh were you living in newtown by then or were you still in petersham
1: yeah, so it was like Enmore, and then when we met, I would have been living in Petersham, and then I moved to Newtown. That was like my first yeah. house out of so home. So
0: just tell me about moving to Newtown. I remember that. I remember this like atrocious share house above um, <laughs> a shop on King Street.
1: Yeah, everyone um, hated
0: that share house, but I loved it. Um, yeah. Well, tell just tell us about why you moved to Newtown. Why the inner west?
1: Well, I guess like it does kind of start before then because I grew up on the Gold Coast, and like I don't know, I just always wanted more and something more interesting and I had a little taste of it like I had some like friends who were into like weird music and art come to the school and it basically like I don't know changed my life in a big way and I just wanted more of that and like I guess the Gold Coast is a lot like a lot of places in Australia where they just feel like cultural wastelands you know Hmm. Uh, Hmm. and I hear this a lot when I hear people that have you know moved from like wherever regional Australia or the West or you know, North Sydney, and they're just like, I don't feel good here. Like, I'm not getting what I need. Like, Mm. and the inner West is just kind of like, yeah... (laughs) considered like this haven it's just like that's where you need to go and i guess i remember like driving from the gold coast like with our whole fucking house packed up to come (laughs) to the inner west and live in that first shitty house in enmore and i remember seeing like i was like 17 or whatever and i remember seeing like my first fucking zany mohawked like yellow and black knee-high striped sock dude like (laughs) probably at like on king street yeah. And, like, it's super cheesy, but, like, I I felt like, damn, like, that's a symbol of something that I wanted. Like, that's something that I had never really seen before hmm. cool. in Queensland.
0: Um, yeah. Do yeah. you feel at all intimidated by that?
1: I don't know. I Like, I, it's hard to remember the feeling. I remember feeling, like, excited. And maybe it was hmm. a little bit scary as well. But I actually feel kind of lucky because a lot of the stuff that, like a lot of people I found in Sydney have like about like postcodes and what high school you went to there was a little bit of like uh, uh, like suburbanism to where I grew up and I was Mm. just kind of oblivious to a lot of things like Mm. like my folks are like working class and they gave me like a reasonable like lower middle class life and Mm. I think they did a good job because I was pretty oblivious to like The relative wealth of my peers in high school Mm. and so it just Mm. never really came up for me and it was only when Mm. I came to Sydney that I started noticing like people asking about like what school you went to or where you were from (laughs) I guess like there's just so much more like I don't know tribalism here than like the Gold Coast like the Gold Coast was like everyone was like the same everyone thought they were like you know from a kind of shitty place like you know (laughs) Yeah. yeah so there wasn't too much to like be mad proud of. But of course it was yep. there. And then after like a year or two in Sydney as I got older and reflected, I realized like a lot of the people I was at my private school with were fucking loaded. Like
0: I was like, why <laughs> yeah. are they
1: friends? Like why are those two people friends? And then I realized like, oh, they're fucking parents, like, you know, they're Their parents individual the same parents. Amount of body. <laughs> exactly. Are like yeah. tethering the kids together in the <laughs> traditional way of, you know, what do you call it? Like nepotistic uh, wealth yeah. building Con- for cons- generations conservation. to come. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, huh. But yeah, I guess like it was a bit of a shock to come to Sydney and feel like you know people people seemed so much more interested in like yeah where you had come from and like mm. you know what that signified about you from from compared to what I was used to.
0: Yeah, I remember being like yeah nineteen and and sort of moving to Marrickville and for the first four or five years after that I remember like just about every weekend when I went out especially if it was like you know a bit more of a conversational thing not like at a gig Mm. like a party or something it was just every time it come up it comes up you meet someone and they're like oh what school did you go to like often often very innocently but like Mm. yeah people kind of maybe people wanted to just fit you onto a totem pole you know Mm. it's not the kind of thing people ask me or I ask people until it's like you know months into the relationship now like yeah it's like I just don't care or like maybe I just you know yeah I don't know Intentionally I just don't know I avoid just, it or something or I, like- I don't know if I avoid it like yeah, I don't know yeah maybe I do maybe I don't I, mm. I mean I don't really care like you know sure yeah yeah
1: I, especially I really now that we're a little bit older I guess like When we're first year of uni, like everyone's fucking 18 or whatever. It's like everyone's
0: sorting each other into like, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and you don't
1: really know what else to ask, I guess. So, what about you? Like, I guess you have a different view, and I can't really place, I don't still have like a horrible map of Sydney. I still don't understand like what the class signifiers of where people Mm. live are. Like, I know the obvious ones, but like,
0: yeah, yeah, I don't know.
1: Why did you come here? Why did you go to Marrickville?
0: Yeah, so, um. I mean, our family, like my mom and dad and my sister and I moved here um, when I was about nine and and Zoe, my sister, was like seven, six. And um, they, like dad got a job here, you know, so they were like middle class. Both of them were working full time for basically my whole life. Um, And we moved to the North Shore, which is like, yeah, it's got this reputation for like being fucking posh and yeah there is a lot of money there you know i it's funny i actually had this moment Uh, every now and then in my like van at work and I'm like driving past the high school I went to Mm. just like a cool like public school up there and um it's like you know 28 year old Matt drives past like 10 years later with like a shaved head like listening Mm. to music in a van it's just so funny to think like Mm. of all of our like career aspirations and our teachers Mm. pushing us in certain directions and then I drive past in a van like 10 (laughs) 10 years later it's just it's funny to me you know I like it um And yeah, so by the time I was 18, I had pretty much like become like, I wasn't fed up with um, the North Shore, but it was like, you know, just the only people I seemed to be able to meet were like through this kind of North Shore high school network. And like, I just didn't, I didn't really care about, you know, any of the places up there other than Mm. the bush and like... Mm. You know, um it, once I started making friends in the inner West, it was like I was spending my whole time down here, and mm. you know I just felt like i I wanted to be a musician, so that's where you got to go and you know sure. and anyway, like that was where all the fun parties were. so True. I moved out at nineteen to Marrickville with some friends from high school, and just mm. kind of like since then I've just been sort of expanding my appreciation for the area, and also like you know I think i've I've grown up a bit and i can see it for what it is you know i I don't think it's quite so magical as it used to be but i think i get a lot more pleasure in like smaller things like we've been talking a lot about street libraries the last six months Mm. and i just think that's such a cool thing not that it's an inner west exclusive but you know just that kind of flavor of a neighborhood is the kind of shit i'm into now for
1: sure
0: um so yeah that's that's where i'm at
1: Um, Yeah, so I guess there's always this interesting kind of play with like privilege and what it actually means because I was just like thinking and reflecting about the time where I wrote the most and it was like one of the times where I was the poorest. Like now I'm working Mm. five days earning the most I've earned and I've got less time for myself than ever, like obviously. Mm. Uh, And at that time I was working part-time at a cafe earning shit And I still felt like, yeah, sharing a tiny room, but I still felt like, you know, I got to live this really, um, like, life with a lot of time for me, a lot of time for Mm -hmm. my art, and a lot of time just to, like, be an artist in the world, like, Mm -hmm. to walk around and go to galleries on Tuesday on an afternoon. And, Mm -hmm. like, there's nothing, like, stopping me from doing that now other than, you know, whatever, like, career aspirations. But, yeah, I guess Mm -hmm. I'm interested in, like it's not just like you don't just just having a bunch of money doesn't mean you're you have time to be an artist it's Mm. like the time you need to carve out for yourself to be an artist and Mm. like on paper a lot of people could do that if they chose to right Mm. but yeah yeah, I don't know I guess like you're kind of working part-time now and and you've lived that kind of classical artist life for like a while like Mm. what do you what do you kind of think about it
0: um yeah like it's 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 kind of um, something that I've done a lot of thinking about this year. Um, Because, yeah, I mean, I I know a lot of artists um, that do it, too. You know, um, I know a lot of people who, like, are also on the dole or whatever, who, like, maybe work one day a week or something. And, like, it gives them... It just affords them so much time to work on their art. I mean, this... Maybe this is just for me, but you know, I noticed that once I got this part-time job, I, I felt a bit more of an urgency to like make stuff, you know. Yeah. I think just the lockdown and support payments for that was it didn't really breed that much artistic inspiration, but like when I'm kind of, you know, a little bit busy, it 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 helps. Um that's, you know, that's that's just one thing anyway. We're, we're sort of talking about a couple of different, like, angles in, in terms of, like, wealth stuff here. Mm. Um, because there are artists like, um, what was it, Eddie something in the article you said? Mm. Uh, in the White Pube article, who's like... It's, it seems like their whole life has kind of been set up for it right like yes. like your 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 mom and dad like you know yes. are artists and and yes. and they've got a studio and you can show at the studio kind of thing like and there's a lot of those you know, in the
1: inner west and like if yeah. those names get brought up yeah i i see a lot of like hostility questioning their authenticity questioning yeah. whether they even want to be artists like yeah, that's the first exactly, thing yeah. that happens when people are kind of you know less successful yeah. artists are like drunk and really talking shit like they let those people have it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah totally yeah totally and like you know like whatever we're all entitled to our opinions mm. and like i think we i think we should always be suspicious of like you know authorities especially in something like the art world like you know um but but then i also think like you know um if someone's got all the free time in the world and and they really don't have to worry about like um you know don't have to worry about working and like you know uh the sort of like all those beautiful mundane domestic like mm. things that we that we're, mm. we're constantly talking about um and they still choose to do art It like you know it kind of like it does sort of like to me um yeah i don't want to i don't want to give it too much credit but like you know to me it, it is kind of a, a brand of authenticity like you know it's like yeah i'm i'm doing this anyway despite like what you think about me like you know i know my mom and dad are rich but like whatever fuck it like you know this is what i'm into like that's cool too you know that's fine Uh, yeah
1: i like that yeah i yeah i completely agree
0: yeah i think like um there was this thing that we were talking about um before we started taping which was like you know this kind of like uh, and we sort of touched on it before actually the the kind of like uh, the sort of psychic and and very real um fiscal like risk that you have to take mm. you literally have to l- jump off of a cliff sometimes it feels like when you're like i'm gonna be an artist fuck getting a full-time job i'm yeah. just gonna like make my f- i'm gonna put my soul on this page <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or whatever yes. um and that is that's kind of where the rubber meets the road with this kind of privileged stuff is it's like you know y- for example in our notes we were sort of just almost like role-playing different artists lives and i was saying like. Um, yeah you're you're born in like a, a, like a really poor working class family and your mom and dad are like heartbroken that you just want to run off and like fool around with art. you know what I mean mm, like mm. that was a scenario we were sort of playing out like um, to them it seems almost like um, a betrayal, you know, it's like, you yeah. could have, uh, you could have lifted us out of this and your kids yes. could have gone and like become lawyers, you know, if only yes. you'd gotten the sort of the stepping stone generation. Yes. Um, and so I think that's also like so brave to do, you know, that's, that's another thing that we think is so cool. is like the, the risk, um, yes. involved there to the person. Yes. Um, and we like, we like art that's like, you know, I, you and I like art that's tense and risky, <laughs> you know, yeah. we don't really, we don't really go for like pretty chilled out art that much.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. But yeah, I Sometimes. get your point. I yep. get your point. I think, yeah, a bunch of interesting things you said. I guess, like, I kind of disagree with the conclusion of the White Pube article that, you know, I found out about the person who made it and it sucked all the wind out of the work. Like,
0: mm. I'm, I'm Yeah, mas- to me, that feels yeah. a little bit like... Uh- i don't know who wrote it but like it feels like she was sort of expecting to get famous and then realizing that oh you can only get famous with money you know if it it just feels like success like a grand success was a premise yeah like taken for granted in that that isn't really printed on the page
1: yeah yeah could be i guess yeah i don't know like i'm like i'm always thinking about like yeah like the art experience above all else. And like the the amazing thing that the white pube did was to like, or and are doing is to like, you know, address this stuff that's just silent, like the working mm. conditions and who gets mm. to speak and who gets to make. And mm. that's so important. But I do feel like I'll be reading something they've written and I'm just not like gassed uh, about mm. it. You know, it's just like, mm. I wonder whether the, you know, and they are super political, but I wonder whether like the you know, if you're too, not too political, but if that's the angle that is always going to be your first angle, the political angle, like who made Mm. this? How is it made? Who's speaking? Like you're always Mm. thinking about like, yeah, power dynamics and power relations. And that comes before like the sense of like human, like wonder and the soul. And like, I am like, that's what I love. And I've spoken on before about, you know, this thing that feels transcendent about engaging with yeah. art, that feel engaging with music. And I know that it like, potentially it's like this like real privilege, like white priv like thing to, to want the artist to be neutral or to like not give mm. a fuck about the person who made it. Mm. But like at the end of the day, like I want to go to a gallery that I know is going to be representing like artists in a cool way. Like we just won't go to the big galleries or the institutions, because we're aware that of the power structures that are like, you know, simmering underneath. So Mm. I want to go to a space or like read someone or like be curated by someone that I know cares about this shit. Like Mm. if I was to go to like a show that the white pube like put on, like I would love that because I know they would have made those concerns. But once I'm in that space, I Mm. don't really want to like look up people's Instagrams or like look at photos of them or know heaps about their background. Like I really like, take that space, like, in you know, a like spiritual and aesthetic sense to engage with like the work itself. Like that's the yep, thing that's totally. beyond the person. That's this really powerful communication. Like that's the thing that's yeah. so exciting. And it does totally. feel a little yeah. bit like it can be kind of tight. Ty- like it's a bit, I don't know, tacky when people mm. obsess over the person who made it like for better mm. or worse,
0: you know? Right. I mean, it's, it's like, it's almost like a gossip, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I mean that's not really what what we're we're it's not the game that we're you know into here, right?
1: I'm just never gonna be motivated by like the person who made it because that's not what I love about the connection I have with art. That's the most mm. powerful to me. It's not mm. the human, like the, the real human behind it. And it's like <laughs> something that keeps coming up with poetry, which is like kind of frustrating. Is that like I remember writing a poetry and like create a poem in like creative writing ca- class. And it had, like, this uh, character, like, Honey Hirami. She's, like, a, uh, like, uh, I guess, rugby player. Hmm. And I think her, like, she was, like, called, like, Honey Bill Williams. And in my poem, she, like, died in a plane crash for whatever reason. And I was, like, inhabiting something. And I remember, like, the people in the class being, like, mad that I had, like, killed this woman. And I was like, nah, it all well, like you're missing. Oh the my point. god, like, dude. I, I wrote yeah. it and I spoke it, but I'm not yeah. inhabiting you know what yeah. I mean? It's like yeah. there's a separation yeah. here. Yeah, fuck.
0: You know they that? should teach this on like day one at NAS yeah. and fucking SEA. It's like Dude, if a fucking movie has Hitler in it, or yeah. someone that looks like Hitler, yeah. they're not saying that they like don't like Jewish people, right? Like, yes. yes. You know, but the like, hard
1: thing about a poem, and especially when you bring it down to like, yeah, you can kind of make that distinction when it's like a, a movie or something. But then you've got a poem that's in one voice, written by one person, read mm-hmm. by the person who wrote it, and it mm-hmm. feels so... I guess it's so close to, like, a human, like, speech. It's so close Mm. to it feeling Mm. like it's an opinion that, like, I aid and hold or whatever.
0: Yeah, But, yeah, Yeah. I guess,
1: like, um, yeah, just just really wanting to kind of take, like, a radical approach to, like, engaging with artworks. And, and, like, I don't want to be grounded in, like, the real world of, like, people Mm. and identities. And, Mm. like, I want the artwork to kind of, like, lift off and, and be this powerful thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We're, we're alike in that sense. Like, you yeah. know, I, 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 I love what you were saying about like, you know, we sort of find ourselves in situations where the curator happens to be fucking righteous and they've yes. chosen people that, yes. you know, like have yeah ex- exhibited works that, that just rock on their own. Yes. And then, you know, sometimes, sometimes you've got a rich mom, sometimes your dad's a plumber, like, you know, yes. whatever. Yes. Yes. I think that's so cool. Yes. It would be such a Um, shame.
1: It's such a shame to like, yeah, fucking obsess about like, yeah, where people came from. Because yeah, like you were saying before, like if you have all the privilege in the world and you stack up all these rich people, like not many of them are making powerful art like yeah, the tendency sure. is not to do cool shit with your time when you're rich and privileged. <laughs> yeah. But like you get yeah, to Yeah, well, point. I mean
0: that's the funny thing is yeah. like once you have a like, you know, a, a yeah. no work kind of yeah. type of money, like every force in capitalism is like, you know, in moving you away from making stuff, you know, you're totally. you're a consumer primarily. Totally. Exactly. You, you and like at best you can sort of make with your money, like you build a house or you like mm. design a cool yacht or whatever. Yes. yes yes yeah
1: I mean and it's Hmm. also to say that like I don't know for me like when I've been writing poetry recently like I don't know and it'd be interesting to hear what you think like I know you've spoken to me about like you know whatever like feeling kind of like lonely when you're really young and like finding solace in like your art form Hmm. and I guess that's a pretty common thing for people to get good at their art form you know when they really fucking needed it you know you're kind of able to like use your music as this kind of i don't know like above all else like it's kind of there for you and you need it mm. like it seems mm-hmm. like you need it right
0: yeah it feels like i need it yeah, yeah. totally yeah i mean yeah this sort of like uh, i mean i have a lot of thoughts on that um but but i think this this touches on something that i think is important to add to this um discussion which is that like there's not just a dollar sign like a dollar value privilege amount right no. you know some people some people could have come from very wealthy backgrounds but like experienced incredibly traumatic childhoods you know of course yeah. um i i know a few people like that and like mm. you know people who came from yeah relatively poor backgrounds but who have got an amazing support network and like <laughs> awesome parents you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. And i think like um just just sort of for the people that do care enough to go and look like stalk the instagram the artist's instagram and they're like sussing out what clothes they're wearing it's like you know that's not the whole story right yes of course um yeah and then i think just to like go back to your point about you know having an artist having an art almost as like another node on that support network. Like, I think that's totally true. You know, mm. um, for me anyway, it was like, you know, it was my friend when, when I didn't have any friends <laughs> or, yes. I mean, I've, I've always had some friends like, yeah. you know, but when I felt like they couldn't understand me or something yes. or I didn't fit in.
1: I guess. Yeah. There's also something that you do that I don't do, which I think is important when we talk about like careers and professionalism and throwing yeah. yourself into something Like, if you take the career route, like, it will give you something to... It will give... Like, it will impose itself upon you. Like, the way, like, Mm. engineering has imposed itself upon me. Like, Mm. I cannot help but integrate it into who I am because it's Mm. taking so much of my, you know, time and my best mental capacity. So I, I have no choice but to, like, to love it and to find valuable things in it. Otherwise, like, mm. basically I die, right? Or I, <laughs> yeah. Know, th- those are my options. So I yeah. think there's a very interesting decision, like what we were talking about in the start of the episode, where, you know, you're taking the risk of the arts degree or you're taking the risk and so many people, like, dabble. And I really don't have a problem with dabblers. Like, it's fine, mm. it's good, it's great, like, to, have, to be a hobby artist and mm. to explore that side of yourself, you know, on all the various, yeah. uh, like, ends of the scale that you can take it. Um, I think it's lovely but I think there is something different when you take the plunge which like I was staring down the barrel of and I was like nah I don't want to like I Mm. don't want to do this and like Mm. you are in the middle of that still like Mm. you said like I want to do this and I think there's something special that happens to an artist and to a person when they take that full-time plunge
0: (laughs) yeah So I think I think the year was, like... I think the year was 2016. I'm just... Mm. No, I'm going to say it was 2017. Mm. And I start seeing on Instagram, like, this post. It's, it was one of those uh, PSAs that could have been taken either as ironic or not, right? <laughs> You've seen <laughs> this kind of shit, right? Yes. And it was, like... It, it had something to... It, it said something like this. It was, like... Um, you're appropriating working class Melbourne culture. We couldn't afford to go to a hairdresser, so our mums gave us mullets. Yes, right. <laughs> what do you think about that? Do you think they were being serious or or was that like part of the kind of like second fold?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's like a cool uniquely Aussie thing where like, I don't know, like tradies and shit and like footy players, like they're really sexy, right? Like they're just yep, fucking right. hot. And so yeah, We
0: watched uh, Baz Lenka with like yeah. mouths wide yeah. open on the fucking, at the uh, grand final on Saturday yeah, night. Yeah,
1: and so like, I don't know, there's always been this link in like Aussie culture to this. And I think it is like a pretty masculine thing when I think of it. Like, I, I don't think of too much like feminine examples of like, you know, this like sexy working class thing. But yeah, like for me, like, I don't know, I've always kind of been like a little bit in awe of that like, sexy, rugged Aussie masculinity, like, Mm. I don't know. And it's, it's just, it's, it's like too hot for like the middle class to keep away from. That's my Mm. feeling. Like, it's just like too sexy, like the work boots and like the stubbies and then like the fucking now a big one is like those like vintage the vintage like NRL jerseys. You know those ones no, that kind a fucking of like
0: sick take, dude. Yeah, it's it's so sexy. Yep. Yeah. You know like yeah. the
1: thick cotton for you jerseys? I think they used to wear them in like the eighties. Like yeah, yeah, a lot totally, of people are wearing yeah. like the blue and yellow for like para and
0: like yeah, taking sure. them
1: in. And I guess like I played rugby league and me and my dad watch rugby league, but like I'm pretty sure the guy at like rising sun doesn't watch rugby league, but he's like wearing <laughs> the fucking jersey. <laughs> Um, right
0: right yeah i used like, to feel like yeah. so upset about that stuff you know yeah. like i was like you're just drinking vb because you're fucking like <laughs> yeah. playing at being poor yeah
1: <laughs> and like is. now it's i kind of don't
0: mind the taste of vb and like you know it's yeah. just like a decent cheap beer like it's yeah, a local beer I don't know, like it's <laughs> like, it local actually it,
1: well it's from melbourne
0: right yeah but is it made in melbourne
1: I don't know, but like, yeah, fuck. I don't know. This is one of those like weird knots that I don't think you can actually answer. It just comes to a point of like, for me, it's like you're younger and you're angrier and you're annoyed. And to be honest, like your brain isn't fully developed. And then like when you get like past 25 and you get on, you start on this like, you know, sad, gradual curve into like, you know, less radical beliefs and less (laughs) anger. And you're just like, it doesn't matter like i don't give a fuck like whatever but i guess that's yeah. also on the other hand that's one of the like beautiful things about fashion and mm. always has been like mm. fashion can kind of like do beautiful things with like beautiful complex untheorizable things about like mm. you know can like what does it do it like what what's the there's like really it like withstands contradiction and is like yeah. beyond yeah. critique And like, you know, you see someone doing something and it like, if it looks good, like it's Mm. right. And you can't really argue with that. So cool, yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's amazing. It's a real like the, the ends justify the means. Yes, growth. exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. And you just so like true. there's yeah.
1: nothing you can do. You can't like theorize and like be political and say it's wrong if someone like just fucking is killing it, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. It's it's yeah, it's it's what did you say? It withstands contradiction. That's so fucking true. I love that. Yeah yeah, all right. Well, this episode has flown by. We're already at what an hour on my on my yeah, end. Yeah, um, yeah, all right. So I think it's time for us to wrap it up. Uh, let's move on to Artist of the Week.
1: Okay, this is a good one. So yeah, the Artist of the week this week is from Ali Kobe Eckerman's uh, collection Inside My Mother. And it's this published by Girimondo? I picked this up at um, one of the bookshops on King Street, the like nice one. I can't remember what it's called. In her memoir, Too Afraid to Cry, published in 2013, indigenous poet Ali Kobe Ekerman related how she had been tricked away from her mother as a baby, repeating the trauma her mother had suffered when she was taken from her grandmother many years before. Ekerman in turn had to give her own child up for adoption. In her new poetry collection, Inside My Mother, she explores the distance between the generations created by such experiences. Cool. Um, Yeah, and I fucking love this collection, like... I just kind of picked it up on a whim, like, many years ago. And, like, like, you know, the thing that I love about, the like, poetry is, like, you just have these books and they're just, like, with you and you can just kind of go back. Like, I haven't read this. I was just saying there's, like, 20 poems, like, dog-eared. And mm. it's, like, a nice memory of, like, the way I connected with this stuff, like, over the last, I don't know how many years. Love, 22nd of the 6th, 10. I want to climb inside you transfuse your heart blood to mine of course that cannot happen we can link in other ways when your hands search for mine at night time inside your arms there is peace a timelessness i have not known were we lovers in the dream time
0: Hmm. wow so cool such a cool poem yeah yeah beautiful it's so musical
1: 20 words like fuck you
0: yeah damn and we don't really yeah it, we we haven't really talked that much about poet like we've sort of we've shouted out a couple of poets on yeah. this show but yeah we don't really talk much about poetry but i think there is a good reason that we like um you know we wanted to cut like in our bio it's like mm. art and poetry right mm. um and yeah i think it's like um this poem's a cool example of just like a small like tightly wound artwork that just can do so much you know to you it's so portable but like so powerful i love it
1: yeah exactly yeah yeah Uh, yeah there's so much going on and like we we, it would be great to do a poetry episode but yeah such a a personal art form and Mm. so like it's just yeah i don't know i fucking love it and i just think this it's such a direct communication with an idea and like a history and a person and i can't imagine like many other ways that I could have, like, I don't know, felt that reality of her experience.
0: Mm. You
1: know, like, I, I don't really have any, like, indigenous friends, like, mm. one, kind of, but, you know, to be able to kind of access and, and feel that stuff mm. feels very powerful. And, yep. like, uh, I don't know, it's just such, a, like, a lucky thing to be able to enjoy.
0: Um, why don't we end on this uh, James Baldwin quote that mm. you... um. Showed me.
1: Yeah, sick. Let's do it.
0: I think in a country like ours, in a time like this, when something awful is happening to a civilization, when it ceases to produce poets, and what is even more crucial, when it ceases in any way whatever to believe in the report that only poets can make. Did I do a good job of that? Yeah, that was nice. Great. All right, well, I will um, talk to you later, dude.
1: Yeah, that was lovely, man. I will speak
0: to you soon. Okay, bye. Bye. Oh, and if you listen to us on iTunes, on the Apple Podcast Store, a review would be incredibly helpful to us. Um, Even if you only give us four stars, uh, which is way fewer than we deserve. But uh, yeah, it's a great way to help. Anyway, we're on Instagram at hungup.au. See you later.